Welcome along, friends and neighbours and uh, members of Your Life Choices. Welcome to your podcast, Mind Your Own Retirement. This is me, John Deeks, and on the other microphone is the lovely Kay Fellick, the founder of Your Life Choices. Welcome to you, Kay. Hello, John. It's nice to see you. And you. I've just got to say, now, you know, this is. I'm not trying to do anything inappropriate. I've got to say, you look fantastic. You're too kind. Have you, have you been to the Ponds Institute? <laughs> Where is the Pons Institute? I want to know now. But I, I think it's in America, well, surely. You, I've got to tell you, you just look fantastic. You re- look relaxed. I mean, obviously your time is now, you know, you pulled away from what you were doing before as uh, a hardworking CEO, but as founder, has sort of semi-retirement? Uh, look, what I've done is taken a step back and... If I wasn't me, I'd be jealous of me, John. Well, so. you, you, well <laughs> I know what you're saying. But you, you look fantastic. Well, that's really kind. So Very relaxed. Uh, yeah. Ah, and fin- have, have finally been, the yeah. time to kind of explore ideas and well, really... Well, we've all had time to sit back and do that, haven't we? Oh, lock up, lock up. Um, but ha- yeah, have you we- handled the last eight weeks or so? I've enjoyed it, but I'm in a privileged position of having a family. Yeah. And our daughter was home from England for 10 weeks and she's back now. But um, to have really full-on family time, it worked. I cooked far too much. (laughs) I ate far too much. But now that naughty girl's gone, I'm going to... Have you been doing lots of walks with your lovely doggy? Yes. I got up around the 10,000 step average. Oh, yes. Good for you. Good for you. What about you? I'm trying to get 10,000 in every day as well. It's hard. Have you ever seen so many dogs being walked in your life? No. And our dog was like the one on Facebook on top of the cupboard saying, no, I've already (laughs) been out three times. Give me a break. Well, yeah. I hope that our members have uh, have found solace in um, our little podcasts and everything yes. else that uh, uh, Your Life Choices has to offer. Well, particularly the second send, the afternoon send, yes. which yes. concentrates on COVID-19 and updates. I think the team have done an amazing job mm. and that's really helped people stay on top of what they need to know. Sure. Well, um, look, I know that uh, all the team down there are doing a fabulous job and who are are we talking to today? Today we're going to think about the end of the financial year. <laughs> so, ooh, Adrian Raftery is the tax man. The da-da, tax da-da. man, <laughs> Fear <laughs> not the tax man. No. We'll help you through. Uh, well, I think Adrian might. Dr Billy Stupis is from the Royal Australian College of General Practitioners. Oh, okay. And what are we going to talk about there? Well, it doesn't matter where you are in Australia, it's still technically winter. Mm. So we're talking about how to stay healthy in winter. Do you know what I really miss the most? One. Just travel. I'm not talking about, you know, oh, going to Cannes like or something. But don't be like I want, that. I want to go. I want to see my, my grandchild up in Queensland. I can't well, even drive up there. Let's try New South Wales. Oh, I can go there. Uh, yes. In travel, we have a list of 230 things to do. Oh, start. In Here's New South one. Wales. <laughs> we won't cover the full 230, but we will zero in on the Southern Highlands with the help of Isabel. A lot to come with Kay and me, John Deeks, so please do stay with us. This is Mind Your Own Retirement.
Welcome back now to Mind Your Own Retirement. Yes, as you said, Kay, it's getting very close to tax time. Do you have uh, all your receipts? Do you have uh, all, all everything spread out on the kitchen table at uh, the end of the financial? No, this year I'm better organised, John, but I still think it's a really confusing time. It always. And things change so yeah. much. And yeah. you, that's why you have called up a, an expert, Mr Taxman, Dr. Adrian uh, Raftery. Raftery is on the line now. You know how – what was I going to say, Adrian? Oh, I think you were going to say Raftery. That's right. But it's not that. It's yeah. Raftery. And uh, you are the best-selling author of the 101 Ways to Save Money on Your Tax Legally. It's in its 10th edition, sir. You must be doing something right. Adrian, tell us what you're doing right. Well, I'm not quite sure. It's, I, when I wrote the book, I just wanted to do one book. Um, as my bucket list, and uh, lo and behold, people loved it. I think they'd like to buy the the illegal edition of 101 Ways to Save Money in Your Tax as well, but uh, <laughs> unfortunately, I can't uh, can't release that. I know that will be a bestseller. Um, but I think um, mainly it's been that I've write it in a simple way that people can understand and uh, not too complicated and try and talk as if I was their mum and dad giving them advice. But I wouldn't listen to my mum and dad. I would... <laughs> I certainly would to you. So, Adrian, because we're talking generally to retirees on your life choices, would you like to cover some of the things connected with shares or imputation credits or super drawdowns that retirees... Huh? I didn't... What was that last one? Let's oh. let's start with shares. Oh, okay. Let's go for shares. Yeah, well, I guess there's four things that I'll be looking at if I was a retiree at... Um, at financial year end, and one of them is shares, and in particularly with capital gains and losses. So this year has been a really strange one in the stock market. It went up really high for the first seven months of the year. Um, all-time highs you know, hit, were hit in January. So there may have been some substantial capital gains made by some people out there. And then we got devastated. It went down 20 or 30% as the coronavirus slammed the market. So there may have been some losses incurred then. And then we've seen a bit of a bounce back up um, over the last four or six weeks, which again, some people would have bought near the bottom of the dip and they would have made some um, pretty nice gains as well. So probably the one thing I'll look at with shares is to really um, do an analysis of what's your current capital gains and losses situation. You don't want to have to pay tax on any gains already made this year when you've got these unrealized losses waiting in the wings. So look at sort of selling some of those before the 30th of June so you, you negate out those gains earlier on in the year. Also, you know, keep a mindful of capital gains taxes. It reduces by half if you hold the asset for more than 12 months. So um, if you're getting close to that borderline, should I sell now, should I sell in another two months, you could be saving yourself 50% on tax, but be mindful of the stock market can correct itself once again. So it's a bit of a, a punt in relation to that. And also, just by deferring some capital gains until after the 1st of July as well, you've got another 12 months to consider um, having to pay the tax then, and you know, you've got another 12 months of tax planning as well. And so that's one of the things that we're really looking at in relation to shares. Dividends, we know that the, they're starting to reduce now, but you're still going to be getting the imputation credits in relation to them because the government uh, got re-elected and the, the Labor policy didn't get through. So um, that's some of the things to look at in relation to shares. Um, I guess a few other things I'd be looking at if I was a retiree. Um, we've got the pension drawdown, which uh, the government has legislated for the last few years in terms of how much money you need to withdraw out of your pension each year. 
But with COVID-19, the, the government was uh, very good in terms of reintroducing the rule that they had in the GFC where only 50% of the minimum drawdown that they had previously calculated needs to be withdrawn in this year and also for next year as well. So it can be a, bit, a little bit hard for some people who drew out the first 10 months of the year their minimum percentage, they probably wouldn't be able to reduce it by 50%, but definitely they could stop it over the last month as well because the markets have devastated their share value over the last few months. So you don't want to have to necessarily draw out the full amount unless you really have to. So, Adrian, just to help our members here, to a lot of people won't actually know their minimum and maximum drawdowns they might yep. sh- maybe they should but they won't necessarily and given that um this episode is june 14 so there's two weeks before the bell rings they could perhaps go to their super fund to find this information out yeah they sure can and they can also uh just do a google search as well so mm-hmm. it is dependent on their age so it ranges from two percent if you're under age 65 right up to 7% if you're over 95. So it, it does range, range a fair bit as well. Previously, it would be 4% to 14% is what the range would be. So talk to your super fund, but if you've got your own self-managed super fund, do Dr. Google or uh, talk to your accountant. Well, we'll put a link on the website as well so people can, can cut straight through to the right numbers. And, and is your, uh, your book 101 Ways to Save Money on Your Tax legally uh, readily available, Adrian? Yeah, yeah, hit uh, bookstores uh, at the start of June. All good bookstores. And, uh, I'm going out to buy going, one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Definitely going to get a copy. Yeah. And also available online. There's an e-book version available as well. Is it tax deductible? <laughs> it sure is. There it you sure go. So long, so long as you're using it for your tax, but if you're using it to help you sleep at night, unfortunately <laughs> you can't claim that then. So, Adrian, another question. I think I know the answer, but I'm rather an expert. Tell us this. Uh, Pensioners have received two lots of $750 from the government as a a top-up because of the pandemic. How's that treated tax-wise? As as I understand it, that um, that $750 payment is actually tax-free, which is a bonus, the one-off stimulus payment to them. If you receive other benefits, um, whether it's if the other people receive JobKeeper or JobSeeker or the $550 per fortnight Corona supplements, they're taxable. And those who are in business, the JobKeeper you receive is taxable, but the cash flow boost scheme um, is not taxable. So there may be a few out there who are running a small business that have got that cash flow boost scheme, don't pay tax on it at year end. Okay, well, that's helpful. That's a good distinction. So we're going to also list mrtaxman.com.au on the website Mm. so people can follow you up and ask you even more questions. No, I'm more than happy to answer. And uh, my blog is all set up there to fire away any questions you do have, but um, try not to make them too difficult for me. Mr. (laughs) Taxman, thank you so much for joining us today. And uh, we will put that link up, as as Kay mentioned. And uh, good luck with the book, 101 Ways to Save Money on Your Tax Legally. Uh, And good luck as we approach the end of the financial. Yeah, and good luck to everyone there at home as well. Thanks for your time, John and Kay. Are you struggling to hear this podcast? Well, maybe it's time we talked about your hearing. Perhaps you've been putting off getting a hearing test. Or perhaps you're unhappy with your current hearing aid. 
Now, if that's the case, you need Hearing Aid Finder. Simply visit hearingaidfinder.com.au, fill in the form, and one of their hearing specialists can set you up with a free test with an accredited audiologist. They'll take you through the aids that suit your hearing needs at an affordable price. So head now to hearingaidfinder.com.au or call 1-300-153-323 to book your appointment today. We've gone from tax to health and uh, from tax health to body health. Coming into winter and we have somebody very special on the line. Where from, Kay? Dr Billy Stupas from yeah. the Royal Australian College of General Practitioners and Billy's own practice yeah. is called The General Practitioner. Billy, welcome to, uh, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Uh, pleasure to be on. Have you had your flu shot? I sure have. Now, Kay, you've had your flu shot. Your husband has had his flu shot. He didn't have to pay, but you did. I know. Because you're, you're just a child bride. <laughs> Apparently, I came in under some limit. We'll, we'll call it an age limit. Well, and it cost I me $40, John. Really? Well, see, yes. I had my flu shot, and my flu shot had some extra jujube in it. And oh. Yeah, which gave me something else. Let's find out all about <laughs> winter health with, with Dr. Billy. Um, far away, okay? Okay. So all around the country, it's technically winter, although I'm sure people in Broome are warmer than people <laughs> in Melbourne. But uh, the reason for inviting Billy on the program is to see if there's certain conditions that are more prevalent in winter and if retirees can do anything to really boost their health. Well, we've got the expert on the line. Fire away, Dr Billy. Fabulous. So, absolutely. So, I'll paint the picture. Down in Melbourne yesterday, I think it was a balmy 13 degrees, raining all day, uh, short days. So, yeah, sun's up late, down quickly. So, that's the kind of winter that we're think- thinking about. It's the stereotypical winter. So, the conditions that you guys might be thinking or alluding to uh, being influenza, uh, the flu season. That's probably the most common one that people worry about. And one of the reasons that we do see a spike during the winter times or winter months is because obviously the reduced sunlight, people are spending more time uh, indoors, seeing each other more inside and therefore more likely to spread the infection. What people can do is what you've already alluded to, make sure you're up to date with your influenza vaccinations. And uh, as Kay alluded to, there are some criteria that can be met that, that allows the government to subsidise the flu injection. If you don't meet that criteria, whether you're too young or too healthy, you might just have to pay for your injection. That's okay. Too young, too healthy. <laughs> That's right. Um, a couple of the other things that people don't often think about during the winter months are things like dry skin. So our mm. hands get exposed to lots of cold weather and cold water and the skin does dry out. Our faces do dry up and uh, people do get rashes or a bit of dermatitis. So that's something that we can always try and prevent, especially as um, the skin does get a little bit older. Continual moisturising, even for those stoic blokes out there, is good for you. So, yeah, you get up in the morning, you're going to get dressed, pop a bit of moisturiser on, same thing at night. Most women have got a nighttime routine going. That's excellent for your skin. Keep it up going through winter, even if you don't go out as much. What about using the hand sanitizers where you seem to be using more and more? Can they have a, a, a detrimental effect on our skin? Well, they definitely tend to dry it out more so. So you should be finding the more sanitizer you're using, the drier your skin. So we do encourage more moisturising. And Billy, in winter, like 
yesterday, Melbourne was gloomy, gloomy. Mm-hmm. Do you still use your sunblock? So I, I didn't go out yesterday, but we do recommend if the sun's out, sunblock goes on if you're going to be outside, definitely. And, of course, the, the, the lack of vitamin D can also have a detrimental effect on our mental state. It can. So there has been some links to that. The evidence isn't huge and conclusive, but we often say vitamin D levels do drop through winter because people don't get enough sunlight. Mm. So we do recommend getting out there, getting the sun when you can, which sounds contradictory, but that's the only way you're going to get some vitamin D. It will still work with some sunblock on. Um, Something we haven't touched on that I'd like to is the mood, people's mood in winter. Some people might have heard the phrase called seasonal depression. This is something that is real. We do see it when winter comes around. People can't be bothered as much, harder to get up and out of bed. The diet changes, your motivation to exercise changes. This is something we can all help each other with by trying to keep ourselves motivated, you know, catch up with people to go for a walk, really encourage each other. I think that's really important. And obviously, if you are feeling really flat, really low, have a chat to your doctor, have a chat to a psychologist. You know, there are no stereotypes. It's okay to ask for help when you need it. So as people are coming out of the COVID lockdown, Billy, are there, you know, we've been sort of super protected Mm -hmm. And then we're coming out and about and pubs have reopened and so on. Are there any particular rules you have for people to re-emerge? The most often used phrase is use your common sense, but it does become apparent that that is not so common. So the obvious things being social distancing, keep your distance away from people where you can. Obviously, family members and people you live with is okay. Make sure you have your flu shot. Make sure if you can, have a chat to your doctor about getting your pneumonia shot. You know, avoid sick people. You know, you might be having a bit of a runny nose. Don't go out. Or if someone or a friend has got a runny nose, it's okay to let them stay away and say, look, that's fine. Let's catch up next time. The other important thing is that make sure your diet's good. Make sure you're eating okay. Make sure you're keeping your fitness up to date. Uh, well, I'm not up to date as such, but make sure you are keeping fit because that all helps your immune system. Oh, interesting. When you said about influenza... Uh, that's something that, of course, we have sort of maybe not thought about as much because we're so concerned about the COVID situation, but influenza kills a lot of people and is a very, very uh, bad thing. Absolutely. So influenza, what we want to avoid at the moment is to reduce the risk of people having influenza and potentially contracting something like COVID. Um, we know influenza is highly infective and we know lots of people do get it every year. The one thing we do know is we know it's clinical course, so we feel more comfortable with it, but it is something if we can avoid, we should avoid it at all costs, and hence we all should be getting our flu shot. Billy, before you go, Kay, um, I think you have an interesting question about uh, opioids. I think this is a very important one. Well, the rules changed on June the 1st, uh, the prescription rules. So, Billy, essentially this means people, if if they need opioids, will get a, a much smaller amount. Is that right? Yeah, so as you know, the rules did change on June 1st. And what they've done is they've reduced the packet size. So some opioids used to come in a packet of 20. They now come in a packet of 10. But one of the main things we need to be aware of is the fact that it's for non-chronic pain. So let's say someone has rolled their ankle and they needed some panadine for it. Before June the 1st, they could have a packet of 20. However, now what they've done is they've said, well, no, you don't really need 20 because it should only be a problem for a couple of days. So we're going to reduce that down to 10. We feel that's much safer, which we agree with. The, the college stands um, by this being a good idea and a good um, 
change because what it means is if that pain is ongoing, you're going to go back to the GP and say, look, my pain's still there. Uh, could it be something else? It's also going to mean people are going to be getting checked more often. And it's also something people don't think about is you're less likely to share it with friends or family because what we noticed was that some people will get a packet of 20 of Panadine Fort, let's say, and they have used eight and there's 12 sitting in the drawer. Uh, cousin John rolled his ankle and says, oh, here you go. I've got some Panadine Fort for you but without any proper history taking or any medical advice. So, so that's what they're trying to avoid as well. Much more control of opioids, which we yeah, know yeah. can mm. only be a good thing. Absolutely right. Absolutely. Well, Dr Billy, thank you so much for giving up your time today to speak to us uh, on uh, Mind Your Own Retirement. And um, we wish you great health, sir, into the future and hope all our members look after theirs as well. Thank you, Billy. Thank you, Kate. Thank you, John. Take care. All right, we've got some money from tax. Um, we've got Fit with Dr. Billy. Let's go to Isabella Lane, the Tourism Coordinator for Destination Southern Highlands, and say, Isabella, let's go travelling. Welcome. Well, hi, how are you? You're on the air right now, and Kay Fallick is here as well from Mind Your Own Retirement. Hello, Isabella. Hi, Kay, how are you? Look, I'm really good, and I was excited yesterday in the inbox to receive a list of 213 adventures wow. for 213 days from Destination New South Wales. Isabella, start with number one. <laughs> Is it the Southern Highlands? Of course. So we looked at this and thought, well, that's a bit much for a podcast. Let's get someone on the spot who can describe a simply gorgeous area. Isabella, the, the, the podcast is yours. Excellent. Well, um, Kay and John, uh, the Southern Highlands is the place to come and visit. We are so lucky to be positioned one and a half hours drive south of Sydney, two hours drive north of Canberra, or one hour from the south coast. So it's the perfect self-drive destination. However, it is easily accessible by public transport. There is an excellent train service where you can get off in one of the major towns in the Southern Highlands. What are some of those towns? Okay, so starting sort of from the north, the five major sort of towns that most people know are Mittagong, Barrel, Mossdale, Robertson, Bundanoon, and then Historic Berrimer. I better not leave Historic Berrimer off, but there's no train station there. We don't need a train station because John and I will be driving, yeah. I believe. Yeah, we'll drive up. We'll, we'll grab the combi and uh, head up, eh? Hit the road and, and, and we won't be alone because so many people are emerging, have emerged, and I'm hearing that some places are booking out. That is absolutely correct. We have been smashed. Um, with people wanting to just escape isolation. They've just had enough of being cooped up in Sydney or, or wherever they've been and um, they're ready to visit. And, I mean, it's the perfect destination to do that for a day trip, but there's so much to see and do here for a couple of days or even a week. We cover 2,700 square kilometres with over 16 towns and villages. What more could you want if you want an escape adventure? 
at this time. So, Isabella, that you're famous for more than uh, the beauty of the area and the historic towns. There's something to do with pies that's been going on, I think. Oh. There is. We're, we're currently in a pie-solation uh, week of virtual events. But we have a year-round uh, pie trail where you can eat your way around the southern highlands and sample some of the great range of pies that, would, that have been crafted by some of our fantastic bakers. One of our biggest ones is Gumnut, and honestly, their pies are to die for savoury and sweet. We've got Polly's, we've got Southern Rise, we've got lots of the local um, cafes and restaurants, craft pies especially and have them on their menus, particularly during June, which is Pie Month, but also they have them on their um, menus all year round. Perfect. And in terms of the history of the area, um, the, are we talking Indigenous history, bush rangers, all of the above? Um, all of the above, but specifically bush rangers, we have a fantastic heritage trail because there's a lot of history in the towns and villages with quite a unique past, particularly out of Berrima, which is our most well-known historical town. And you've got awesome places like the Berrima Courthouse Museum, Harper's Mansion, which is a National Trust listed colonial Georgian house. And it even has a garden maze in the backyard, which is a bit of fun if you want to lose hubby or you want to lose the wife. <laughs> but also, we're very lucky to have Rexford Park, which is the late James Fairfax property. And that um, was donated by James Fairfax to the National Trust for people to come and enjoy. Now, the house dates back to 1887. And it is open once a month. The gardens are open once a month. And every second or third month, pre-book to do a tour of the um, house. And it is just stunning. And the landscape gardens are just stunning. I have to admit, I've had the privilege of visiting. It's beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. As, as we emerge, Isabella, from uh, the isolation of, of COVID-19 and uh, relaxing certain uh, the restrictions that we've been caught up in, we are looking to virtually see Australia first because it's going to be easier to see Australia than go overseas. So let's spend our money in Australia. And certainly visiting the Southern Highlands is a, is a great idea. Where can people find out more information? Okay, our website is just Port of Call and it is just simply visit southernhighlands.com.au. All the information, all the trails we've got. I mean, we've got amazing art trail, coffee trail, nature trail, Stop pie it. trail, Stop wine it. trail. I'm, re- I'm revving up the combi we're, now. We're, we're packing the bags. <laughs> <laughs> We're on our way, Isabella. Thank you so much for painting that picture. We're, we're, we've been pent up and we're ready to jump out now. Well, we'll welcome you with open arms and please call in and visit us. We're situated at the Northern Gateway, which is in Nittagong, and we can give you any or all the information you need if you haven't already done your research. So to know more, go to visit southernhighlands.com.au. Thanks, Isabella. Awesome. 
okay. Um, we're going to get the kitchen table full of all your receipts and get uh, ready for get doing cracking the, on tax. the tax. Woo-hoo. See what we can get back. And thank you very much indeed to, to Dr. Adrian for uh, mrtaxman.com.au to find out more about what you should be doing. And, of course, uh, finding out from Dr. Billy about so what we should be doing on winter. Today. Lots of doctors. Yes. Well, you must be a doctor of something. I'm a doctor of cooking. Doctor. <laughs> oh, I would. I'm, I'm making an appointment now. And, of course, also go visit uh, Southern Highlands. Sensational place. Go visit Australia first. We'll see you again very soon. It's lovely to be uh, talking to you again, Kay Bellick. Thank you, John. The founder of Your Life Choices. We'll be back with our next podcast, Mind Your Own Retirement, soon. See you then.